But man, wasn't it cool this morning to see the kids running through with their palm branches and all this stuff? We heard of Palm Sunday before, but I don't know if you know what it means or not. So we're actually going to turn to a passage of scripture in Matthew chapter 21. And we're going to read it. Matthew 21, verse 4. And it says this. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, Tell the people of Jerusalem, Look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkeys and the colt to him and threw their garments over the colt, and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the ground. Jesus was the center of this procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God for the Son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in the highest heaven. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this? he asked. And the crowd replied, It's Jesus the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. And I can't help but to think about uh, this procession, uh, especially. But on Palm Sunday, we're celebrating this very story that we read. And, you know, it's, it's good to think about before Easter, especially because we're talking about the, the king that, is, that has come, but he's also coming back. Amen? But I can't help but think about, I get this uh, visual picture in my mind of this roadway uh, running through this town and I see people by the thousands lined along the road and people are literally taking off their clothes and laying it on the ground and laying these palm branches on the ground and singing, yelling and screaming, praise God for this is the king, Hosanna in the highest, glory to God, the father has finally come, he has sent his son And this is the one that we have been waiting for our entire life. Praise God. And I can just see this uh, in a complete uproar. And I'll tell you that a Chiefs game doesn't have anything on what was happening here. We're talking about people who were excited because they have a champion. They have a winner. The Chiefs may not. Gotcha. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. But I think about... And, and I picture this in, in my mind, right? But the palm branches that we have that are all over here, the palm branches were given uh, to the champion athletes, the, the kings and, and the people in the highest of authority that were the very best in their culture. And I can see these people saying, you know, that this is the king. This is the one. This is the one that I've been waiting for my entire life. This guy is the champion. And little did they know that he was also the champion over death. But I think when we think of Easter, we think of this great champion who was raised from the dead and defeated Satan. And after all, we do call it Resurrection Day, right? What's the first thing that you hear someone say on Easter Sunday? He is risen, right? We're we're focused on the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead and that the tomb was empty. And to be honest with you, uh, obviously that is such an important to us. It's the very foundation of our faith that Jesus was raised from the dead and that the tomb was empty. And if Jesus didn't actually raise from the dead, then what faith do we have, right? 
It's the very foundation of what we believe. But whenever I think about uh, Easter or I think about Resurrection Day, it isn't the same picture uh, that, that I have in my mind. But, you know, glory to God that the tomb was empty, that he raised from the dead. But I, I think of something a little different whenever I think of uh, Resurrection Day or Easter, or whatever you want to call it. And we're going to read a scripture in uh, Romans chapter 3, if you'll turn with me there. And I'll tell you what I'm talking about. Romans chapter 3, verse 10. It says this. As the scriptures say, no one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good, not a single one. Their talk is foul, like the stench that comes from an open grave. Their tongues are filled with lies. Snake venom drips from their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. They rush to commit murder. Destruction and misery always follow them. They don't know where to find peace. They have no fear of God at all. Obviously, the law applies to those to whom it was given. For its purpose is to keep people from having excuses. And to show the entire world is guilty before God. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are to be made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, with undeserved kindness, declared that we are righteous. He did this through Jesus Christ when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. I see a, a little different picture whenever I think about uh, the cross whenever I think about the empty tomb, when I see that empty cross, a lot of people say that they see Jesus on it. But to tell you the truth, whenever I see that empty cross, what I see is the penalty and the death that I deserved. And whenever I see that empty tomb, I see the tomb that I deserve to be in. Does that make sense? We put a lot of emphasis on Jesus being raised from the dead, but the truth of the matter is, is that it was me that needed to be raised from the dead. Jesus <laughs> didn't need to come down from heaven and to be crucified on a cross and to be raised after three days just to prove that he could do it. It wasn't just to say, you know, well, you know, Jesus is the king over death. The truth of the matter is, is that it was you and I that needed raised to life. And if you think about it uh, for a minute, you would realize that if the wind and the waves obey Jesus, 
if, if everything in this world moves at his command, he didn't have to do what he did. <laughs> if he wanted to wipe out, wipe out all of the Roman soldiers in the entire world, he could have done it. If he wanted to not be on the cross, he could have not done it. He didn't need to do it just to prove that he could. But the truth is, is that Jesus is the almighty, all-glorious, and holy one. He didn't need to do what we're talking about here today for himself. And we have to realize that whenever we talk about Jesus being crucified, it was the punishment that we deserved. And when we talk about him being raised, we have to understand that it was us that actually needed risen. Jesus didn't come just to prove that he could beat death, but he came to pay the price, the punishment that we deserved so that we might, if we wanted to, we might choose to have a relationship with him. He didn't even come for a done deal. He came to give you the choice that if you wanted, that you could love and you could serve and that you could be with him. Because you see, what, what I see whenever I look at that cross, I see a list of things that I've done in my life that keep me from being with God. And I see all these things up here, and I realize that in turn, that means that the punishment that I deserved was that cross. What I deserved was that tomb. But yet Jesus was willing to come and he was willing to take the beating for me. He was willing to take the cross for me and he was willing to take the tomb for me to know that I get to be with him if I choose him. It, it wasn't about Jesus. We, we, we marvel at the idea that he rose from the dead. But the truth of the matter is, is that it was us that actually needed to be risen from the dead. And Romans says that all have sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard and be made uh, and were guilty before God. And the truth is, is that a lot of times whenever we're in the church, you know, we all have a, a, a very small glimpse of who each other are. Very few of us actually know, actually probably none of us know everything about someone, even if you think that you do. And we carry a, a certain reputation, and we see someone's life, and we say, you know, I don't know how it could be possible that they wouldn't go to heaven. They're a good person. They do all the right things. They have a good appearance. People respect them. How could they not go to heaven? And we keep this this image of who uh, that we think that we are or who we think somebody else is, and we think, well, man, whenever they go before God, they're holy. They're set apart. But the truth is that the Word says that for all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory, sinner, no matter what appearance that we give people. And whenever I think about these things, and I think about that list, man, if, if people knew, I mean, there's things about you that nobody knows. 
And if people knew the, the very deepest and darkest secrets, would people really love you the same that they love you today? Our love is contingent on people doing what we want them to do. Keith said it the best. Church, we need to learn how to love people. Right? But I really believe that how much we love people depends on how much we love Jesus. And to be, think about this for a minute. Even, even your spouse doesn't know everything that's gone on in your life. But the, the, the fact of the matter is, you know, would your, would your spouse still love you the same even if they knew everything? Maybe. But I want you to think about this. Every thought that you've ever had, which means every conversation that you've ever filtered something out, something that you've ever thought of, something you've ever done or whatever, God literally knows our motives. He knows everything that we've ever done in our entire life, and yet he still chose to take the cross for us anyway. To be partially known and to be loved is fake. But to be fully known and fully loved, that's an unbelievable gift. And the truth of the matter is he didn't just love us. He was willing to come and take our punishment for us and pay the price with his own blood. He took the beating that we deserved. And before we make this week about Easter bunnies and Easter eggs and family and food and all this stuff that we have to get done and all this stuff, I just want us to take just this time and promise me that you're going to think about it once every day. The fact that whenever we say Jesus is risen, realize that it was you who was risen. The tomb, your tomb, is empty because Jesus paid the price for you. And there's nothing that you can do to deserve that gift. It's a free gift that you receive. So before we make this week about tradition, before we make it about everything else we have going on in this life, I want you to take some time this week and realize that it was you who deserved to be beaten and put on the cross. It was you who deserved the tomb. And yet Jesus was willing to pay the price for you. I want to read another scripture uh, in Matthew again in, in chapter 27 this time. Does anybody have their Bible today? A real Bible, not a phone Bible. Don't show me a cell phone. Okay, we got, we got some real Bibles in here. Okay, you guys are a lot better than the youth. We're working, we're working on that. In Matthew twenty-seven twenty. I got a Bible. Nice. Perfect. You find Matthew, Mike? Uh, I did something else. Okay. Matthew twenty-seven twenty says this. Meanwhile, the leading priests and the elders persuaded the crowd. Uh, I don't even know what I'm reading right now. Okay, I'm with you now. Meanwhile, the leading priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for our Barbara's uh, to be released and for Jesus to be put to death. So the governor asked, which of these two do you want to be released? And the crowd shouted back, Barabbas. And he responded, then 
What should I do with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? They shouted back, Crucify him. Why? he demanded. What crime has he committed? But the mob roared even louder, Crucify him. When he saw that he wasn't getting anywhere with the crowd, and there was a riot developing, so he sent for a bowl of water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. The responsibility is yours. And all the people yelled back, We will take responsibility for his death, and we and our children. And you know, it's, it's easy to, to look at a passage of Scripture like this. Uh, it's easy to look back on like the Israelites and all of their complaining and all of their sinning and never being able to figure it out. It's easy to look back on a time like this and say, you know, if I was there, I wouldn't have yelled, crucify Jesus. I wouldn't have been in the crowd uh, that was doing all this. And I hear this stuff a lot. And truth be told, for me, I don't know that I wouldn't have been in the crowd yelling, crucify him. And you say, well, you are a pastor at a church. How can you say that? And the truth is, is that all of those sins that I was talking about, that list of sins that are on that cross, every one of those was no different than driving the nail through his hand. Every time that I chose something over Jesus, it was just the same as yelling, crucify him in the crowd. And in a very short period of time, people went from yelling, Hosanna in the highest, this is the King of kings, and this is the Lord of lords, and this is the one I've been waiting for my entire life. And, and then this, the situation changes a little bit, and people persuade you to do different things, and now all of a sudden, uh, we need to crucify this guy. He's not the one that I want anymore. And you know, it, we can say all we want, you know, that we wouldn't have been in the crowd yelling, crucify this guy. But the truth is, is that every time we choose something other than Jesus, we sin or whatever, it was just as necessary for those nails to be driven through his hands and his feet. Every time we sin, it's the same as yelling, crucify him. You and I both owed a debt. And we were guilty. We were condemned. We deserved the cross. We deserved the tomb. And we had a debt that had to be paid. Because God is, is, he is holy, holy, holy. He has angels around him that are singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty the one who is and is to come. Literally, there's angels that are shielding themselves from the presence of God, not looking at him face to face. We're talking about a guy who is way higher up than even what we realize. And we take for granted the fact that because of the blood of Jesus, whenever we get to go to heaven, we get to look at him face to face. We're talking about a God who is perfect. And we are a people who are not so perfect. But he still yet was willing to send his son to pay the ultimate price on the cross so that we might choose him. He gave us a way out. And the truth is, is that we had a debt 
and it had to be paid. Your mortgage lender will tell you that debts have to be paid, right? And the truth is, is that Jesus didn't just pay a portion of your debt. Jesus paid your whole debt in full. It means that you owe nothing. The punishment that you deserve, he took on the cross for you. The tomb that you deserved is empty because he paid it all for you. Paid it in full. You owe nothing. It's taken care of and it's gone. And now, whenever we pick up these palm branches that we have over here that the kids so graciously brought to us and we yell, Hosanna in the highest, we know that we are the one who was set free from the punishment that he took for us. Whenever we say praise be to God, we realize that this God that's perfect was gracious even in our imperfection. That we deserved it all, but Jesus paid it all for us in full. Are you guys with me today? Good job, Mike. Are you sure you're with me? Because the one who needed resurrected wasn't Jesus, it was you. And all of these things that we're talking about, this list of sins that we're talking about, it was going to keep you from God. And yet Jesus was willing to come and pay for it anyway. I'm not sure if you're with me or not, but I'll tell you uh, a story that comes to mind is whenever Jesus was sitting uh, in a room at a table with a bunch of Pharisees, and uh, this woman, she comes in and, and she falls at his feet, and she's, she's, she's bawling her eyes out and, and washing his feet with her tears and with her hair. And the Pharisees kind of make fun of the situation that she's in. But Jesus says, to who has been forgiven of the most will love me the most. And the truth is, is that we take for granted what we have been forgiven of. We think that, you know, we have to be a, you know, (laughs) we think for Jesus to forgive our sins, you know, we have to be on drugs and all this different stuff and have this big miracle story. But the truth is, is that If you have, raise your hand for me. Have you ever told a lie? Okay. You ever stolen something? Have you ever been disrespectful to your parents? I'm not going to raise my hand on that one. (laughs) I guess I told a lie. Okay. But you get it. I don't care what you've done, even if you've only, let's say you've only told one lie in your entire life, you were still guilty before God. So whether it was one lie or it's 10 billion problems that you've had all throughout your life, Jesus came to take care of it. And we have to remember today that we have been forgiven and that the blood of Jesus covers everything that we're talking about today and without the blood of jesus 
<laughs> none of us could be here anyway. And none of us will stand before God. So it's easy, you know, to not forgive people. It's, it's easy uh, to focus on all these other things in life. But I'll tell you the truth. Like what Keith said about us needing to love people. You'll start really loving Jesus when you realize what all he really did for you. Even if you just took this week. If you wake up every morning and you look at, I don't know if you have a cross at your house or not. Probably not one that big. But you can find one on your phone or something. You look at that cross and you see all of those things that you've done in your life that, that make you not worthy to even pick up his sandal. And you realize how far from God you really were until Jesus paid it all for you. We can stand up here and talk about uh, loving people. We can stand up here and talk about evangelizing. You know, everybody needs to go tell people about Jesus. Well, if you don't love them in your heart, you're never going to tell people about Jesus. I have conversations every day about, you know, my wife or uh, what's going on in my life or my family or whatever it is. But it's because I love those things and they're doing something in my life. I'm going to share about Jesus whenever I really realize what I have been set free of. Whenever I go tell someone on Easter Sunday that he is risen, I realize that I am risen with him. And it's only because of his grace and his love for me that I have that opportunity. A lot of times we see people who are, you know, that have been forgiven of a ton of stuff in life. Man, they're on fire for God. They worship God differently. But it's because they realize what they've been set free from. But very rarely do we realize what we have been set free from. You know, I don't need to go into a heaven and hell spiel with you to realize that you need Jesus. It's not just a t-shirt that says, you know, you need Jesus or whatever, whenever someone's frustrating you. But we need Jesus. Are you with me? Because without his blood... And without his sacrifice, that's the death that we deserved. Even if it's just one lie. No matter how good that you think you are, you are not worthy to stand before God without the blood of Jesus. If angels literally cover their face and bow before him, man, I hope, I hope you're getting it. Because I had to... Uh, I had to think about some things, put it back into perspective. But that's what Easter is about, remembering what Jesus has done for us. And I think the very, the very least that we could do is live this life for him. You know, if, like, let's say, you know, I paid off your mortgage, what are you going to do? You're at least going to give me a big hug and say thank you, right? Probably be running around telling people, well, he paid off all my debt. Jesus has saved you from a much bigger debt. I'm going to go ahead and ask the the praise team to come up. And uh, we're going to put a wrap on this. But seriously, I I want you to take take serious what, what we're talking about today. 
Um, because if you realize what's been paid for you, man, you won't take it for granted. And I think we all can agree that we mess stuff up sometimes and realize that what I deserved was the price that Jesus paid. And he paid it all in full for me. So you can be in a lot of different, uh, a lot of different places today. You know, I don't know everybody in here, but first off, if you've never chosen Jesus, you hear people say, well, is Jesus uh, the Lord and Savior of your life? I'll tell you today that to make Jesus Lord of your life means that you are going to put him 100% in control. And so if you've never made that choice, today's your day. And I'd love to talk with you about that. But for the rest of you God-fearing people, take some time. Before, before this week gets crazy, realize the price that was paid for you. Randy Ruiz is coming in Sunday. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be your Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. But let's get our heart right first. Before he comes in, and let's see what God's going to do. Whenever we realize that without the blood of Jesus, that we're nothing. So the altars are open. You know, if you need to, to ditch some stuff in your life, this is a good time to do it. If you need to give your life to Jesus, this is a great time to do it. But realize that Jesus paid it all for you. And without his blood, we're not right before God.